0: And welcome to the 123rd episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast. A podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana where I talk about, read about, write about, amongst other things. Video games, video games, video games. And we are joined tonight by a... Um, by a special guest, as well as three of our regular podcasters, tonight we are joined by Gwen Fry. I am hoping that's correct because I forgot to ask if it was Frey or Fry before we started.
1: Yes, that's correct. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So, um, um, have
2: having trouble with words
0: tonight. My wording is bad tonight. Yes. Um. Gwen is an artist and animator and co-founder of the Molasses Flood Woo! Uh, yeah, Game <laughs> yeah. Company, which we are really excited about <laughs> right now because they um, have just launched The Flame in the Flood, which Ooh. is an amazing little game that is survival-esque. Definitely survival esque, rogue like esque, um, and has kept a lot of us really, really busy um, since <laughs> very tense, very tense. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So we're excited to talk to her about the game, um, and we're also joined tonight by Alicia Carabinas. hey Ashley Velasquez,
3: hey Ashley,
0: <laughs> hey. and. Hey. <laughs> And Bianca Batty. Hello, hello, hello. hello. All right. So, um, is there anything else about you that you'd like to tell us, uh, Gwen?
2: Tell us all your secrets. Um, like,
0: all of them. Of the I mean, <laughs> okay, uh, we, we uh, have some time.
1: Go ahead. I'm <laughs> just born in Upstate New York. No. Um. Yeah. Uh. I've uh. I've been in the industry as an animator for about eight years now. Uh, two years ago, I quit uh, being, I basically quit AAA and I went indie and I founded the Molasses Flood in Boston with five other people. Um, we spent just under two years making this game, uh, The Flame and the Flood, and it is a survival roguelike uh, River Adventure. I highly recommend for to check it out. I have to start with a plug. That's like yeah, <laughs> the. Important That's thing. okay. We're gonna we're gonna follow up on you with that <laughs> all night long. <laughs> okay, cool. This is
3: one big plug.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
3: But uh, yeah.
1: Uh, this has been pretty much my entire life for the last two years. I've like I feel like I've been in a cave when I emerged. Uh, everything I know is two years old. I'm just like. <laughs> The lost is over. I don't even. I have some really bad news for you about the
2: political situation. Oh Jesus! <laughs> really, not
4: looking good for us.
2: Um, spoiler alert. Everyone's
0: fucked. <laughs>
2: Welcome back!
1: Yay! Yeah, I'm I crawl really out of my office. It is. It's like I I've been in my my basement, and then I crawled out, and the apocalypse occurred while I was in my basement. <laughs>
4: like,
1: what the <laughs> hell happened to The good news is,
2: you should have some great ideas about how to make it through that.
0: I was going to say, you should have <laughs> some <true>. hell a
2: survival
1: <laughs> techniques ready. There you go. Maybe not you practiced, but, like, in theory.
2: Oh, yeah. Can mm-hmm. we, <laughs> you
1: know? like, can we bring Spear Trap Trump? Is that uh... a... <laughs> That's a great yeah. idea. There you go. <laughs> I don't know wow. what you use this bait. <laughs> um, somebody talking about I'm his, say tiny some <laughs> <laughs> his tiny hands. His tiny hands. does he actually? Okay, hold on. Does he actually have Wait. tiny hands, or is that? Like I don't something? know. I don't it's know. like this.
2: Uh, uh, about 20 years ago, somebody wrote an article. They happened to mention it. They called him like a short-fingered vulgarian. <laughs> and apparently, this <laughs> Trump, and ever since then, he's taken every opportunity possible.
4: To, to talk, talk about,
2: about how large his hands are.
4: And everything else, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, was I not supposed to say penis? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so
1: wait, like, We can handle a little page. A little penis. gets up on stage, she talks about how how large his hands are. And his oh, penis. Yeah. And his and penis. penis. Yeah, okay, penis. well. I mean,
4: during a debate during a debate the last year This is know. what
2: happens when you have 82 debates in like a month. Oh my you run out of talk about it devolves to penis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the like, penis
2: well, we the economy, we talked about building a wall and banning all the Muslims. What's left?
0: Let's, penis. You guys want to talk pull about penis. Our penis is
3: out. Let's whip yeah. them
4: out, guys. Come on. <laughs> Size oh
3: <laughs> penis fight. <laughs>
2: It's like we have a timer going to see how quickly we can make win regret.
0: <laughs> yeah, broken breaking no. breaking a land speed record. a breaking. Broken land speed record tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, I'm blown away. I just kind of really want to Google this hand situation. <laughs> no, there's like this whole thing. Like uh, I can't remember the guy's
2: name, but he he was joking about it not too long ago. Um, that, that Trump was still bringing it up and would like send him clips or like pictures of his hands or something. It was really weird and kind of creepy wow. how he's really fixated on this idea that someone one time thought he had small
1: hands. Oh my god, so not dick pics. At least, I mean, it's a step up from the other Republicans then, if you think about it.
4: <laughs> uh, I
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think the dick pic would be a. a not in. I mean,
2: it wouldn't surprise me if there aren't, <laughs> aren't dick pics floating around, but I'm trying not to think about that,
1: even as I <laughs> say. Oh, I he's a little—he's oh. a little older. I don't think any of us really want that no. digpic to exist anymore. We don't want that penis. That no
3: penis, that <laughs> spray tan orange. Oh, Oh God. I'm
4: just old person Bianca. Who said that? Was that Bianca? Yeah, that
3: yeah. was me. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah. You were. You talked about the right hand penis. Is uh, that the title of our podcast? No. Nope. The penis.
0: All right. On that note. <laughs>
4: Uh, how exciting
0: do you have to be tonight, I, I just want to
2: point out that for once it was Bianca that took us there. Yeah, you know, I, I
0: understand.
3: I'm not even drinking alcohol right now either. That's just she geez, is sober, straight, unfiltered Bianca right now.
0: All right. Um, well, yeah. I'm well, not... about some games.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: We'll get started with uh, um, <laughs> the usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, and we'll start with uh our guest, Gwen. What are you playing lately?
1: Oh man, I have to start yeah. <laughs> Can we try to pretend we're nice no. okay, cool. uh i uh this this is embarrassing and it's gonna kind of date me a little bit but um, so there was a game back in in my back in the day, I think like when I was in high school, I used to play this It's a really right. Nerdy tactics game from Japan. So it's all anime art style, and it's extremely like extremely cutesy and cartoony. And I never admit to anybody that I that I was obsessed with that game. Uh,
3: but <laughs> you I won't was tell anyone.
1: That. <laughs> yeah, just the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, for everybody to know forever. <laughs> but uh, I was obsessed yeah. with it. Yeah, and they uh, I just recently. Uh, as a gift to myself for launching the game, I, I acquired this PS4, and I got the sixth one in the series. I'm playing Just Dance Six right now.
2: Oh, nice! Nice.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's hardcore nostalgia for me. It's just like pure <laughs> happiness. Mm-hmm. You know how? Do you have a game where you, if you hear the soundtrack, uh, it just puts a smile on your face? Yeah. Like it just yes. takes you back to your youth. Like that uh, in Ratatouille when that, that guy eats the Ratatouille for the first time and it's just like, bring like he remembers being a kid in his mom's house and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like that for me, uh, this guy, so. Yeah. Kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: hmm Cool. So top that, Bianca.
3: Yeah, Bianca. (laughs) I don't think I I can. Um, I'm still playing the same stuff I've been playing since last week. I'm playing Flame in the Flood still. Played some more of that for the podcast. What was your best Um, I mostly like, die drowning. That, that really, yeah. So yeah, what you're saying I'm, is you need
2: to learn to drive your boat.
3: I am <laughs> as bad at <laughs> rafting as Sam is at driving, and saves the Wait, No, she, uh, uh, what? I'm I find myself here. for that sick burn. Um, we <laughs> <Anybody, anybody laughs> need to make some s'mores. Hi. I'm so bad at rafting. I've gotten some, some, wolf, some wolf deaths, too. Oh, um, those wolves. Yeah, those so are hard. So, yeah, nature. Do
1: you, uh, do you play with uh, mouse and keyboard, or do you play with
3: controller? No, I played on on Xbox. So. Sweet, okay. Yeah, I've been playing that, super fun. Um, and uh, I've been playing a little bit more anatomy, that horror game that I've been writing about and playing the past couple weeks, and... Uh, Play a little more state of decay, get some some zombie cathartic killing going too. So. Yeah. So that's me. What, what you plan, Alicia? Uh
2: many of the same things. Yes. <laughs> uh always state of decay since mm-hmm. you know. That's what oh, I do. I and the zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh my worst deaths are always sepsis. Mm. Yeah. fucking sepsis mm-hmm. and it's so awful and slow and you're just like I need a moldy lump <laughs> Um, which is the only time <laughs> in my life I've ever uttered those words <laughs> <laughs> I I picked unravel up again a little bit because I'd forgotten there was so much going on and so many deadlines and you know oh, other games and stuff that I was like wait wasn't I doing something alright I was jumping around and trying not to run out of yarn Um. So I played a little bit more of that, a little bit more of a Metal Gear Solid V. We have spring break next week, and I'm hoping to uh, get some Destiny in and a little more Metal Gear. Maybe uh, make it to at like least <laughs> 6 in the Flame and the Flood, but probably I will just pack a lot since we're moving.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you have to have some downtime from, from packing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
4: Yeah.
2: Yes, but the problem is, is that I'll say I'm going to take like an hour of downtime, and then it's like two days later, <laughs> and I can't really afford that. <laughs> so,
1: Alicia, your professor is encouraging you to play video games more.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. So <laughs> <laughs> it's research time. That shit is scheduled, like, because I have a schedule now, where like I have work time and research time and grading time, and that that shit's in there. Game time. Tuesdays and Saturdays.
0: I force everybody to schedule a research time mm-hmm. and tell them to play games.
1: It's like you gotta play games because you know, games. That's interesting, actually. Do you um, because like, how do I put it? I I found it interesting that nobody said the Tom Clancy The Division yet. I have that
0: installing as we speak. Okay. Cool.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I was wondering. Do you encourage everybody to play indie games, or do you encourage people to play AAA, or do you just let people do what they feel? Do what you feel. All right. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is I, Unravel's actually a really interesting one too. That's not. Um. I mean, I I, I love. It. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm just. I I guess I was just a little surprised everybody's been so indie positive right now.
0: You know, <laughs> I, the thing is, is that since we um, talk a lot about um like race and gender and social justice and, mm. and and all of those wonderful things. We are seeing, I guess, well I'm saying we, maybe this is the royal we, um, but this more positively portrayed in indie games yeah. right now. And I think yeah. that's why so many of us are playing a lot of indie games. A lot of Triple A games just really pissed me off. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: interesting. Because yeah. I, I feel like indie games usually are so short and have such a tight budget. Uh mm. they can't really like there's not a lot of time to tackle really big issues in a tiny Indie game. Most of these games are made by like one person in like a year. So mm-hmm. I it is kind of bizarre, I guess, that uh or I I don't know if it's bizarre, but it's it's interesting to me that uh it, that indie games would be the ones that you feel are more uh, inclusive.
3: I wonder I if, like it's, if it's... Oh, go ahead, B. No, I, f- I feel like a lot can can be said or represented in a short amount of time, though, yeah. too. I mean, like, as, as a, a literature kind of scholar over here, I mean, short stories can really pack a punch. You know, a poem can pack a punch. Microfiction. Oh, yeah. Fiction, right? Like, we can say a lot in a short amount of of time, and I think that representation can happen really similarly in a short game as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: especially when you have like intersecting forms happening in a game. You have the visuality of it, you have the narrative component, you have the mechanics of the game, so a lot can really be going on. And I that, think that that's
2: a point that I really want to communicate very clearly like in Neon Lights on billboards across America
3: to <laughs> major
2: developers. It doesn't take much, guys. Mm-hmm. You can, like, actually just make a character black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
4: oh, my oh, god,
1: the happens. color palette. Make oh, <laughs> curly is...
4: hair, please. Curly hair. darker right?
1: side to that stuff, though, when you're in AAA, because you got to, like, uh, how do I put it? There, because you're <laughs> beholden to publishers. Right. Most of the time, as a developer, you don't really have much of a say in certain things. Yeah, uh, And there are certain market realities. Like, I remember, th- this is, I had forgotten about this until this moment, this was one of the more weird moments very early in my career when I was working on an MMO that was global, and we were making the build for uh, China, and they were very, uh, they were trying to find the most delicate way to tell me, uh, we want to change the uh, character customization options available in the Chinese version. We want to uh, limit the the variety of <laughs> <laughs> So in other words, we don't want
0: any black people.
1: <laughs> we have, uh, because uh, we're, we're really interested in the... Um, we, we would like to add one, but mostly we'd like to remove, you know, the, the four darker ones. <laughs> <laughs> from the Chinese build, and they, they like, like it was such a thing that they brought like an HR person to ask me to do it, like not an HR person, they, they like, how do I put it, he was one of the business guys uh, basically came in and, and asked for it, and the reality is, I mean he had a spreadsheet, and if this was going to make the game do better in, in China, and China has all, the Chinese marketplace for MMOs is huge, um, and it was just like, it was a scummy thing to do, but you know. That's in order to, to to hit big in China. It's the difference between like, uh, uh God, there's just so much money in that. It, it's oh, I, you either hit or you don't. You know? Yeah, and and I have kind of
2: a a two a two pronged response to this. First is that when you're when you're looking at global markets and and talking about different regions, and there are certainly different considerations that go into it. Um, <clears throat> so I I think that that there is a lot to consider there. Uh, especially looking at that very narrow edge of success in crowded markets but especially when we're talking about western markets um, the research on that at least the research that gets released is it's really kind of sketchy in terms of looking at who does buy games versus who does play games versus who would mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of potential there that nobody really knows about because nobody really tests it but on the mm-hmm. other hand if you're talking about how indie games may suddenly be demonstrating a lot better representation, mm-hmm. uh, I think those may be the ideas that get pitched to bigger mm-hmm. companies and or, or somebody just doesn't even bother to take them there because they know they're not going to get made. Because we do have these things that we consider like the realities of the industry. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's like, well, I want to make it this game and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make the heroin... A young girl, and not you know like busty and scantily clad, well, nobody's gonna buy that, so I'll just do it myself
0: mm. i mean yeah. and it it's 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 interesting because even with um flamem the flood it's my daughter is seven um and the <laughs> only other kind of survival game that she has any kind of first hand knowledge of is don't starve um and I know Alicia's son loves this game. Yes, he does. Um, and she's like, I, I just don't get why Jack likes that game. It's stupid. Uh, <laughs> and and I was like, oh, well, she's clearly not going to like Flame in the Flood. And um, she's been home sick all week. Um, and it's one of the games that I feel comfortable playing around her.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I've been playing... Um, Flame and the Flood a lot, like late at night, and she's just been watching and listening to the music because she really likes the music. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's really attracted to the game, um, and actually asked one. And she said, "Can I play this?" Because, and I'm like, I, I was like, and I didn't think she would want to because it was a survival game, and she was so vehemently opposed to Don't Starve. And she's like, "Yeah, but there's a girl and a dog." (laughs) I'm like but it's like don't starve with a girl she was like yeah but she's a girl Um, so I mean and that kind of goes to what Alicia was saying I mean I know that I personally have not bought or played games before because I just was tired of playing another brown haired white dude um and I was like yeah I'm not gonna buy that I I just don't want to be a brown haired white dude in that game again um (laughs) And and
1: I know that other folks out there have to be thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, for me I think it depends on what game it is. If it's an RPG, yeah. like uh if you're if you're playing an RPG and you don't like your character, God, what's the best example of this? Uh well, there's one Final Fantasy, I think it was like Final Fantasy eight or something. Oh. I remember that's the first game where I'm like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Idiot and a doofus, and I don't want to be an idiot doofus asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna not play this game, and that was the first Final Fantasy I just didn't play after. A I love
2: eight, but I felt that way about nine. I was I couldn't connect with nine. I don't think I ever nine, finished nine.
1: It. Ten was nine. no, no. Eight
2: definitely had a doofus asshole as your main
1: <laughs> your main kind of guy,
2: but there were other things that I thought redeemed it.
1: Gotcha. I think uh, there was a lot of things in that game that upset me. I uh, went through the whole game never finding one of those, like, summon things, the avatars or whatever. Wow. And at at one point, uh, they were like, we're all losing our memories because of the avatars. And I was like, what avatars? then I Googled it, and I was like, fuck! I just rage quit. So, I mean, there's multiple reasons. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, this is way too much of a tangent. Um, I I can definitely see for an RPG... uh, You kind of want to get into your character. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that's why most RPGs that are modern give you the ability uh, to choose between a male or a female avatar. Like, uh, like I'm a huge fan of all the Bioware games. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: And I always play a female uh, avatar in the Bioware games, for the most Mm -hmm. part.
2: But sometimes it's just, well, there's a couple of things. I mean, for instance, because we all study games. There's something to be said for, like, I could buy this one game or I could buy these eight other games
3: Mm, uh, and get a lot of
2: experience. But when it comes to sometimes AAA games, for instance, uh, we bought Fallout at launch, Fallout 4 at launch. Mm -hmm. And my partner played a good bit of Fallout uh, for about a month, month and a half. And I kept telling myself I was going to start it, and I just never got around to it because I thought, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make a character. I'm going to feel kind of okay about it. I'm going to play for like three weeks. I'm going to be really into it, maybe. And then I'm going to start to feel like, oh, it's repetitive. I'm going to go here and do the thing. And then I'm going to go there and do the thing. Then I'm going to come back over here and do the thing. Just like in all the other Fallout games that I've played. And really just like in all of the Elder Scrolls games that I've played. And a lot of other games that I've played. So I just couldn't care less. So it's still sitting there. And I I haven't even turned it on for me.
1: It sounds like you're just tired of that genre, Then I think.
3: And I think that's what's nice about, about indie games, too, is they add diversity to, yeah. to yeah. the field, to not just in, in representation, but in the types of games that we now mm-hmm. are able to play, too. And so I think that helps with maybe some of the, the fatigue of, you know, oh, I don't want to play this type of game anymore, but look at all these other games I can
1: play, right? <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> when, you think do, nice when you part? do go
2: back to that other kind of game or whatever, then it'll feel fresh again. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go there and do the thing. That sounds like fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm curious. I wonder if there's like, there's probably a AAA game that you'll get back into. Uh, but I, even I, I, I'm a game developer. I play and make games for a living. And I get into maybe one AAA game every three months, Maybe. And that's a struggle, right? Usually about two or three a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've been playing the hell out of Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, there you go, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're they're a time commitment. I also find like yeah. especially for games with a story like that, uh, it's a I I don't like putting down a game like Fallout and then coming back to not playing it for a week and then coming back to it. Yeah, so it's like, you gotta set aside a chunk of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna play this consistently for for like the next two weeks. I'm not seeing my friends. I'm gonna like Beowulf, wolf. I'm not gonna shower. I'm gonna put on clothes. I'm just
2: gonna <laughs> revert to
1: some larval state and just play this game.
2: Yeah, and I'm a PhD student, so that's not really yeah, <laughs> a life option. Cause you got mean people like me going, you gotta get shit done. You gotta do all write these papers and do this research. And I'm like, I'm trying to play a game. You
0: told me I need to play. <laughs> but you know what? And here's an interesting thing, though, is that um, I think that in many cases, the limited budgets that indie games have um, forced them to do more with less, and and forces in in my mind, this is this is kind of how I envision it, and a lot of. Uh, like indie game developers that we've talked to have kind of said this, is that they've had to be more innovative mm-hmm. because they didn't have the same resources that they would have had working on a AAA title. So they had to kind of figure out um, new hooks. Oh, and yeah, totally. I think it's the new hooks that keep drawing us in.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that you've actually touched on two points there, I think. Uh, like There's this idea that... Um, uh, you can you can talk to our our linguist, but there's this idea that poetry, free form poetry, isn't as exciting as poetry that has constraints. Or there's when you're when you're limited by budget, when you're limited by your team, when you're when you have these constraints on your uh, production, uh, you have to find a way to to work around that. You have to find creative solutions that still have a so your game still has a, a good you know good production quality, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you're, you're working with way less resources So you kind of have to be a little creative there And yeah. you also have like It's difficult to stand out in this market There are so many games on, the You can scroll through them forever There are so many games mm-hmm. And um, I think You just start doing Crazier and crazier shit In order to stand out uh, <laughs> You just keep trying to come up with, with More and more hooks I support yeah. it
2: <laughs> Yeah, Bring on the crazy shit
1: I love it too. I love the indie scene so much. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we didn't even get through. What are
2: you playing? So <laughs> I know. Actually,
0: <laughs> wow. well, that
2: was a, a real long tangent.
4: Nice
0: <laughs> but it was a fun one. Mhm.
4: So Ashley, what are you playing? Oh, State of Decay always. Mhm. Um, Flame in the Wait, Flood, there. obviously. Mhm. Um, this war of mine, the little ones, oh, kill me, <laughs> and Destiny, the Taken King, of course. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I'll jump in and I'll go through mine fast, and then we can get some, have some more fun, talk about some more fun stuff. Um. Of course, playing the Flame and the Flood. Playing a lot of Flame and the Flood this week because I got a sick kid at home who is in love with watching and watching the game and listening to the music. So I'm considering that my maternal duty at this point. <laughs> um, and that's how I'm justifying it, yeah. Uh, State of Decay, of course. Um, Oxenfree uh, from Night School, um, which is another another fun little game um, that we'll talk about more in the future, I'm sure. Um on my phone, I've been, like, trying to kill my battery constantly with Clash Royale. And that's probably because... I, I resist. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's fun, you know, but nope. I got drawn into um, Clash of Clans when it first came out a couple of years ago, like hardcore. So, yeah, this one's fun for me. Um, and then the last thing I've been playing a lot of is I bought Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> on my DS and I've gone old school. I've gone back to like 1999 um, and now I'm playing the shit out of Pokemon Yellow like non-stop on my DS. Yeah.
1: When I was a kid in my youth I had Pokemon Yellow and I caught them all. I literally caught them all. <laughs> and I'm then, determined. Hold on. some Some <laughs> boy in my fucking class no. He was uh, oh God, he was he was excited about this idea that Pikachu followed you around by default in Pokemon Yellow. Uh huh. And he was like, "Show me," because it wasn't happening. Because I I had Pikachu in storage. Uh, so I was like, "Okay, I'll start a new game. But don't save over it." And he started a new uh-huh. game. And he was like, "Yeah, Pikachu follows you around," and then he saved over it.
4: Oh, <sighs>
2: oh.
1: God. Do you understand? I bought Pokemon Red and Blue and traded with myself using my brother's Game Boy to catch them all because mm. he had to trade some of them. Like, I worked for that. That was an achievement in my embarrassing youth.
2: I'm, I'm going to go back to the notion that some people just need to be set on fire. <laughs> Damn
1: <it. laughs> yeah. No, but that was... I, I'm actually... I thought that list was really interesting. I think it's, most uh, gamers don't admit that they play uh, phone games, actually. So Clash in the Clans, I was, I was kind of surprised that you brought that up. Or not most gamers, excuse me, that's terrible. Most PC gamers <laughs> don't. Most PC gamers, you'll get it like some kind of divide between PC gamers and console gamers. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are really averse to admitting they play phone games or to talking about phone games. It seems like this lesser thing, you know?
2: I'm a bad person, I guess, because I play on my computer and I play on my console and I will play on my yeah. phone because, you know what, sometimes i got to wait. I'm in the car and I'm waiting for something, or I'm at school and I'm waiting for something, or I'm just mm-hmm. in the grocery store and I'm like, I need to do something on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's sometimes the most gaming I can get in in a, in a span of a couple of days is just whatever I can find time for on my phone. And a lot of the phone games are becoming really cool and interesting and and offering these connections with other people or with really good stories. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have no shame. I'll play anything if it's good.
1: No, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. I I totally agree. I actually um, there in, in the industry, there's a lot of um, oh, they say never release your game on phone first. Always come out on PC first, and then port it to phone later if you're going to do it because PC gamers don't want a game that's also on the phone. PC gamers look at that as like a lesser, a cheaper game, an easier game, a sillier game. Yeah, which I, I never understood because the phone is like a a decent computer these days. I was mm-hmm. going to say, especially
0: now, yeah.
2: Ooh, no, I think the problem nice. here is that PC gamers probably need to pull their heads out of their asses.
4: <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I might be a PC gamer. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> you still well, your really head in, that, in your ass? Identity. Maybe you should bend over and check. <laughs> you know what, Alicia? Why don't you come check for me? All
2: right. Ooh. I'll be right over,
4: baby. Alright, on that note, um... <laughs>
0: How about let's jump into what you're drinking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Gwen, what you drinking tonight? <laughs> what? Uh, I realize it's that kind of podcast. Should I go get a beer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, no, nah, I'm. Uh, I'm drinking tea right now. I'm not mm-hmm. a very. It's it's ten o'clock ish here, so yeah. I'm like I'm winding down for the night.
3: I'm drinking tea too. It's all good. You drink what, kind, what you want to drink. Kind of tea though, y'all. <laughs> yeah. No. Is I it good tea? I'm is drinking... <laughs> I'm, I'm going from green tea. I got a late night, so I'm I'm caffeinated. Yeah, green tea is mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I want herbal. I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of herbal though? Lemon and orange.
3: Ooh. That sounds so I'm, a, I'm nice. a tea person, so... Yeah, it's okay,
2: Gwen. We've already accepted you as one of our own, so... Yeah, don't
3: be okay. shy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about you, Alicia? What are you drinking?
2: Uh, I am drinking Wells banana bread beer because I have the best taste of anyone in the in the virtual room. I don't know. Banana bread beer, I'm still iffy on that one. Well, I'm sorry for your sad and pathetic life. Because banana bread beer is the motherfucking business.
0: Says you. Okay. I don't know about banana bread and my beer. Mm. I'll have beer with my banana it's bread. So good. <laughs> 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 All right. On that note, <laughs> that's what we're gonna
2: name this one. On that note, that that that.
0: Yeah. Yay, Ashley. What you drinking, darling?
1: <laughs> Stop snorting. She's too busy Snorting. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right.
0: (laughs) While Ashley gets it together, yeah. (laughs) I am drinking um, a Blue Moon First Peach Ale, which is the wonderful um, peach (laughs) ale with coriander. So it's got the juiciness of peach and the citrusy taste of coriander.
2: I saw it at the store today, and I almost bought some. Then I thought, oh no, Sam's gonna bring me some someday.
0: (laughs) I am going to bring you some. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my peach coriander beer is pretty lovely tonight. That's what I'm drinking for now.
4: <clears throat> and what about you, Ashley? A.V.? Um, I started with a uh, Vandermill Totally Roasted, and then I moved.
2: Oh, she's on part two. Oh, <laughs>
4: Hence the to, snorting, maybe to no. an Oliver, uh Cabernet. So, mm. really fancy. It's a Creekwood. It's a really good wine.
2: I finished my Vandermill, and I'm really sad because that shit is expensive.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna have to take out like a, a loan or invest or something. <laughs> a cider loan. Yeah. Yeah. We've been really into ciders
1: around here lately, Gwen. And there's but only some... fancy
2: ciders. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm good. really interesting.
4: I,
1: uh, I got super into sour beer for a while, but I Ooh, feel like yeah. I'm like, late to the party. Everybody else has yeah. done that phase now.
4: I don't even know what a sour beer is, so it's okay. Oh, okay.
1: Well yeah. okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of the sours, so... It's, uh, but can... it's a good night ender, I think. It's good after you've had a couple of other beers and you've yeah, had like, I think one that's... beer to finish mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. Except I, like, have four. So. <laughs> and you are one
2: of us.
1: <laughs> one of us. One
2: I of need, us. like, an initiation.
1: <laughs> kind of like, well, the thing is, I'm trying to not drink this week, because I'm going to GDC next week, and that's just, like, I get off the plane, and they just put a beer in your hands. Yeah. And you start drinking as soon
0: as you get there, and you stop. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
1: I have to give two talks at GDC, and I'm going to be blackout for both of them. <laughs> 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 and I'm just dreading it. Like, that's going to be on the internet forever. All right.
2: Uh, BRB, I'm going to go design our secret decoder ring so we can... (laughs)
3: Uh, But really, please do that. That would be really great. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, So I think that covers everybody and what they're drinking. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: So let's get into asking Gwen some questions. Yeah. Um, not that we haven't already had this wonderful conversation but I think this <laughs> is a, um, an even better opportunity to mm-hmm. do so Bianca
3: why don't you go ahead and start darling yeah sure um, I think one of the because we've all been talking about this game a lot with each other lately and I think one of the things that we have all been thinking about uh, myself especially um, is, is just I mean let's get to basics here the We'll talk about Scout, right? Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, we're talking. We've been talking a little bit about representation too during the podcast just now. And so I think that Scout is really interesting when we think about it through maybe that lens as well. Um, so I was wondering kind of what went into the decision to make Scout, you know, a young woman to have this female character for us, and also what went into the decision to give her a dog, uh, to give her Asop. So. I'm really interested in in where those choices. Can can I
2: add to that question? Yes, please do. Yeah, Uh, because it's going to bleed into something I'm going to ask later, but I might as well throw part of it on the pile now. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of uh, Southern literary kind of influences work in here, and Mm -hmm. that travel narrative on a river, Mm -hmm. going somewhere for reasons, is not usually one that is given to women.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so there's a, there's a lot in that question. Yeah. <laughs> i have to, like br- going to break that question down a bit into, into bits here. Um, so why did we make Scout a female? We started out uh, making, well, I mean, we were making a roguelike. We wanted, and in the very beginning when we were uh we assumed everybody would want to choose their character, so we were initially going to make a, a male character and a female character. Okay. And we'd actually started out concepting that. But, um, I mean, it's like I was talking about earlier. You're you're When you're indie, you're on a budget. Right. Uh, we realized from scope we'd have to choose one, and, and we chose uh, the Scout, the one you see here. Mm-hmm. Um, We, we kind of, like, talked about it in the office, which one we wanted. It wasn't, like, a big deal or a meeting or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I honestly didn't care that much. I chose Scout because I thought she looked wicked cool. Like, I she, looked, <laughs> she does. Yeah. I thought she looked cooler uh, than the, like squat little. <laughs> I guess you'll never. You don't know what the the male character looked like, but I I thought Scout looked super cool, so I I want to go with that. And mm-hmm. I think um, mostly everybody felt like they would play either one. They're not um, Scout is not an extremely effeminate character. Right. She's not like um, she's not something that a how do I put it? I don't want to call her androgynous because she's yeah. But I think different. I think it could have
2: easily been ambiguous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we like I, we didn't think it would make anybody uncomfortable if, if we only shipped with, with Scout being a, a chick. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looked cooler, so we went with that. And I know, like, um, I could tell you, God, the whole conversation probably only lasted 20 minutes, but I think some of the guys were like, I don't know, I play chicks sometimes in video games. We just finished playing Tomb Raider. Fuck it. <laughs> so, like, that was kind of... It, it wasn't, like, that big of a deal or it wasn't yeah. meant to really be a focus. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the second thing you asked me? You asked me why...
3: The I dog,
1: mean, I think, dog. was one part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dog... Uh, dogs are cool. <laughs> I mean, I could I could really dig down into that if you want. We started out... We wanted to make a roguelike that had a certain amount of uh, persistence. We wanted um, a game where when you play it, Uh, Even if you die and you you start over again from the beginning, there was something there uh, Mm -hmm. from your previous journey so you didn't feel like it was all a huge waste. Uh, We we just wanted some persistence to the game and so we came up with this idea of a pack animal. Initially we just called it pack animal. We didn't know what it was going to be yet. like we, I think the very first one was actually a squirrel with a backpack. It was kind of cute. <laughs> oh my oh, god, that was so great!
2: It was great. But you probably would have looked a little strange hauling
1: around your old lumber. Yeah, maybe, but and it looked like I was a little too squirrel girl, like at that point, uh, right? Mm-hmm. No, but I'm kidding. It wasn't. It was pretty cool. I liked that one too. But um, we, uh, so we we wanted a pack animal to have that kind of persistence, and uh, there was just something really appealing about having um. Scout and her dog. I think yeah. uh, their dogs have so much emotion to them. They have so much... Uh, I know a lot of it is we, we put emotion into what dogs do, but they have so much life and character, and uh, I love dogs, so I was really pro-dog <laughs> in that one. Over as, as fun as a squirrel would have been to animate, I was, <laughs> it was pretty pro-dog.
2: And um, it, it, it is a really nice relationship. I mean, it's subtle, right? Yeah. But... Like, when she goes to the raft and she tosses her staff stick Mm -hmm. thing to the dog and he catches it and he's kind of bouncing around. And, man, as soon as I discovered that your stuff in the pack stayed, I was so excited, too. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, thank God.
1: (laughs) I did like that. And I like that uh, they came up with, or Scott Sinclair, art director, called him Aesop because our biggest fear was, like, if we give you a pack animal, it's going to look like something that should be used in combat, but uh, we didn't want to... That's a whole of their design decision, right? If you have a, an actual pet that can fight. Well, so we wanted... Mm-hmm. That's why we initially were talking like maybe it's a squirrel. Maybe it's like a, a small toothless dog, and that's how Sink came up with Aesop, which is like a... Um, a Ace, if you know Aesop's fables, mm-hmm. it's an old dog that's over the hill. He was helpful one day, but he's just... He's still got the spirit, but he's just a little too old i yeah. I, I loved that story. I, I thought that was really super cool. Yeah. Uh, so we drop a little literary things in there, yeah. not really, but like you know the team's pretty smart and cultured and stuff so, <laughs> so not in that stuff uh the other thing you asked was about southern influences. you were asking yeah
2: kind of southern gothic
3: mm hmm
2: so, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's the river narrative, and then kind of Huck the way yeah. yeah. the way the characters that you kind of run into talk. Yeah, uh, just the the churches. I don't know. It just feels it feels like there's something there in the tradition of the music, of course. Yeah, the music. Into
1: that. Contributes yeah, to... we we worked really hard to get that that southern gothic feel. It was something we were really inspired by. We we're really inspired by that kind of Americana. Yeah. I, I mean, I moved from California to Boston to work on Bioshock Infinite. And I don't, like, traditionally care that much for shooters compared to other games, like uh, strategy games. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a big move for me to yeah. do that. But I did it because, like, I, there's something so vibrant and colorful about Bioshock Infinite and about that world where uh, uh, this kind of... I mean, that, that's a whole topic, but like this, this Americana aesthetic was one that I I thought was really interesting, and as an artist, I really wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I would say, this was kind of like a a continuation of that experience, or of that experiment. Um, I know most of the team, like our our art director, grew up in the deep south, uh, and has tons of reference. Uh, and cool. personal stories to draw from, and, and some of the places in the game that we named, the few that we did name, were named after his family's uh, farm and stuff. Oh, oh that's awesome! Cool. Um, uh, so there, we definitely went for that. Chuck Regan, uh, the musician, that mm-hmm. the that like alt country uh, musician, mm-hmm. he's a friend, uh, an old childhood friend of the art director. Like they go back, they jammed together. Sync uh, has made all the album covers for Chuck E. Uh, music in his uh, all of his albums throughout his career, so they're really tight. Um, and this is uh, this is a huge collab. They've been wanting to collaborate on something for a while, and this project was an opportunity for them to collaborate. And I was all about it because it's cool.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but yeah, we we I'm glad you picked up on that. We were definitely trying really hard to get that Huck Finn adventure through the uh that just that aesthetic and that feel of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, deep south mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and it feels it, it you there's so many different things I think some of the uh dialogue you have with the the people you meet feels a little a little flannery yeah. O'Connor, you know like people kind of speaking yeah. above yeah. who they are but <laughs> not really able to express what they 're reaching for. There's just a really interesting feeling in that, and uh, it, it inspired a lot of things in me. It makes me wish I could, I could replay those moments when I can talk to people because usually I'm like, oh, but I've got to go get the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but actually, I just really want to linger on those. I want to go back and be able to uh, all the yeah. people, the mm-hmm. little sundry characters. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think
1: that's one of the one weak point of the game is I we made a game where you, uh, that's beautiful in a world that you really want to explore, but you can't because you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I've been to a place that's really
2: gorgeous, there's like three wolves.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I spend most of that time going, oh,
3: yeah. oh shit, yeah. run, 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 run. away. Yeah. Oh, mm hmm.
1: But yeah,
3: um,. Yeah, but I uh, I like that tension. I, I like that tension between the like oh this is a cool world I'm exploring but like shit I'm gonna die and I think that maybe it's that, you know, the fact that we have this southern gothic kind of vibe, but then it's also this like post apocalyptic, post societal world at the same time. Right? So like that intersection of like different <laughs> vibes going on. Um I think is something that maybe and i I'm, I'm gonna ask maybe about that a little bit later on, um but I think that that those maybe drawing from those different kind of narrative genres I think makes that tension super interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, cool, I'm glad you like it <laughs> yeah. God damn wolves. The boars are worse
2: boars. than
3: the wolves, man.
2: Yeah, boars will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Boars are
1: nothing. Though I will say, uh the um the one guy on our team always uses torches and I always forget to make torches. And that's just it nullifies the wolf. Like you just if it's not ready, you can just pull out a torch and then just wander around, loot everything, do whatever you want, the wolves uh, make, they can't get near you. B R B make well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like
0: I'm not making torches. I need that for campfires. What are you talking about? No, oh, I'm yes. a torch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna jump in because it, it, to talk about the whole Southern Gothic and the folksy feel to the game, mm-hmm. um, Chuck Reagan's score is it Reagan? Yeah, uh, Reagan.
1: R-A- Chuck yeah. Reagan.
0: Yeah, is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I understand that his his his. his Music style is, is kind of a rock country fusion-y kind of thing, but it feels really bluegrass-y, um, which was pretty amazing to me because usually I hate bluegrass music. Um, and in our last... It just feels right in this game. It, it yeah. feels right, mm-hmm. and, and it's not heavy-handed. And I think that's important, right? Um, and in our last podcast, we, we talked about the fact that... Uh, um with the score, it was a little jarring for some of us um to hear his voice um in, in when there were vocals um because the gang kind of felt so female centered for us um and and I, I we were wondering or at least I was wondering we again is the world we um was that like an intentional thing um did you ever in uh, consider using like a female Whoa. singer or like I said, Reagan's score fits perfectly.
2: Yeah, and now especially that you've told us that that this was a collaboration that yeah. you know they had envisioned for a long time, the the way that the music fits in there so perfectly, it it makes a lot more sense, sense now. Yeah. yeah, we we were talking about this last time that the first time that vocals came up, it was like, whoa, that's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think I think it's a. Um, not many games have uh, will just break into vocals like that either. Yeah. So um, we wanted, uh, this is one of the things indies have to take risks to stand out and I, mm-hmm. I know most games would have just had an instrumental track mm-hmm. or an acoustic track or something like that because you never know what's what's drawing someone into a game, you don't want to break immersion, you know mm-hmm. um, and vocals always have that potential to break immersion, but I mm. we took the risk with Chuck Reagan because uh, how could you not, like his music is so fucking good, yeah. <laughs> he's so talented and mm-hmm. uh and it does just feel so right with this game that uh, I, we we went for it, and I I think it's I think the music is like the one, the one thing in our game that we did, perfectly most because we didn't do it, Chuck did. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And I I do I agree. It's it's got a weird feel to it because I'm not that big in bluegrass either. But after that, I started checking out alt country and different stuff from mm-hmm. uh, like he's part of a, a revival tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has a, just a lot of incredible music, very, just a lot of heavy, incredible music. Um, I, I guess he kind of got me into this old country uh, punk stuff, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah it's
0: and what we can call it is pretty damn amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got to, it's pretty cool. He swung into Boston and they, he gives free tickets to the show because we're doing like a cross promotion. Oh, nice. It, oh, it was great. I got to hang, it's the first time, you know, I've, I've developed games for a long time, but you don't feel like a rock star or really that cool. <laughs> but I got to go backstage and hang out with a band. I got to see somebody, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Going backstage, actually, it's really dirty back there. It's not It is. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. She gets see this incredible thing, and it's like, no, they had like, some nachos. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A bunch of PBR and a, and a gross couch. Yep. Yeah. That
3: sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I loved it. Uh, and, and Chuck Rigg is a really cool dude. Uh, dude. He's really, really... Uh, what you see is what you get there. Like he is not fake at all. Okay. There were times when we we really needed something from him because we we're coming up on a deadline, and we'd call like, because uh, he he does his, he publishes his own record album or record label. I don't know how business works, <coughs> but um, he there was times we would try to contact him, and uh, his wife will just be like, I'm sorry, he's out fishing now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He doesn't bring his phone when he does that. He's gone. He wow. will contact you when he replies. It's just like in this day and age, Jesus Christ, where is he?
2: Sometimes you just gotta fish, man. Yeah, yeah i tell you.
1: He's big on it. He's a, he's a huge fisher, or he's just really good at dodging us. I don't know.
0: <laughs> tell him I'm out fishing. They'll believe it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Have you heard my music? They'll believe it.
0: <laughs>
2: Have you seen my beard? Come on. <laughs> oh,
1: dude. I, I love Chuck Reagan. He's really cool.
3: Yeah, I really like the music. I remember like the first time I started I heard singing in the game and I was on the river and I was like, Oh, cool, they're singing and then I like drowned because I was paying <laughs> attention. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm so angry, but I'm also so happy because the music is so great. And what are these conflicted feelings in my head right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, So, <laughs> um, but that actually kind of brings me to my next question too, which is about like the role of the river, because we're talking about like the music as almost another character, right? Mm-hmm. And the setting seems like another character too. And one of the specific things. Is that goddamn river and the oh, man. manner in which it destroys me every time. And I was like playing when I was playing before the podcast, Alex was like, Wow, you're my husband, he's like, You're really bad at rafting. I was like, It's Mother Nature. She's a cruel mistress. She you can't control the river. The river controls you. Okay, you just, I, I'm trying to figure it out. You know what? I'm only bad
2: at rafting when I really have all the stuff that I need. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's when I'm bad at rafting. I'm like, I'm gonna make it this time. Oh. Yeah. God damn it! I just mm-hmm. hit everything. Yeah,
4: It's like the river gets increasingly more difficult though the more, the longer you go. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a role into it too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because so, sometimes it's like you're just like bamming away on that X button, and yeah. it's like nope, not, nope. not going anywhere. Except nope. You're going to this somewhere. Pile you're going right of
3: into the thing. I, yeah, I, can, I go right into the thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> and how am I supposed to turn around? Like, it looks like I'm supposed to turn around. I can't turn around. and then No. I can't.
3: Nope. I can't, no, I can't you can
2: never go back. It's a one way journey, man. Mm-hmm.
3: The river wants to take you somewhere, and it's never where you want to go. Or if there's a divide in the river, and you're like, ooh, I want to go over there. Go, 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 go. And yes. then you just
4: crash the whole way.
3: <laughs> or then I get indecisive, and it's like, no, I need to be decisive here, and then I just die again. I
2: mean, that's that's really fascinating. I think that the river itself is a nice metaphor for this journey into mm-hmm. the the difficult apocalypse, is that you have to be decisive, but also cautious, and cognizant of your surroundings, yeah. and you have to preserve your resources so that you can use your energy when you need to. Like, there's a whole lot happening there on that river.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is a really good sort of like microcosm of the sort of bigger post-apocalyptic world there too, I think. Um so I was wondering um Gwen if you could maybe speak to the your guys' decision process in in making that goddamn river.
1: Oh man, you guys covered so much already. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just thought we'd like let Samantha wrap it up right there. That was perfect. Uh, so we the, talk a lot. Uh, no, this is good. I don't I can just drink my tea.
0: <laughs> She's like, just tell me what my damn game means, why don't you <laughs>
1: uh yeah, so the um the river definitely we wanted uh the main character to be go going on a journey. Mm-hmm. We wanted this to be a journey where you were always, you always were forced to be moving forward. Um, anytime you leave a location, you can't go back there. That's part of uh, the narrative. It's part of the feel of the game. Yeah. Um, from a, there's a lot of gameplay reasons why we wanted. Um, we we also wanted this river. Uh, how do I put it? Uh, I think in Don't Starve, you brought that game up earlier. Yeah. I love Don't Starve. We've it's obviously a great played game. it It's great. I will say, and don't starve. What I tend to do is I uh, I build up a base, like I, I accumulate things, and then I build up a house and I or sorry, like a, a base location, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted a game where you couldn't do that. We wanted your base to always you, you could never settle. You had to always just keep moving and keep finding things. Um, we it, it kind of goes into the the vibe we were going for for the game, um, and maybe you kind of. You accumulate things, and you can build up your raft a bit, but your raft is never quite like your base and don't starve, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it'll never be perfectly safe, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so that that was kind of like our, our gameplay thinking for the river. There's also just um, uh, in in this this southern gothic feel we were going for. Uh, if you look at narrative. Uh, like Huckleberry Finn. or mm-hmm. uh, there, There's lots of narrative about uh, traveling down a river, going on a journey, um, that we wanted to really capture that feel. Um, so those were, all, and you've already kind of like touched on the meta, this stands for the game stuff. So uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, it, it, the river is an important part of our game. It is a character in and of itself. hmm
2: and it's so dynamic. and yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really do. I was pissed off when I first realized that I couldn't go back. I was like, God damn it. There was, I, might but have I was
0: saving to that bend in the river yeah. for later. Yeah. <laughs> but,
2: but then once I figured that, I was like, okay, I'm, I bet that no matter how I upgrade this, I'll never get to go back. Then I thought, that's cool. Yeah. Because if you think about it, when you're scavenging like that, that's really how you live. You have mm-hmm. to keep moving on,
1: you
2: know? It also it,
1: it forces some player choice. Like, am I going to go to the church on the right or am yeah. I going to go to the marina on the left? Like, you yeah. have to. You really have to choose um, your stops. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in that way, it adds another kind of gameplay element to your scavenging. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So can I tell you
0: that the fact that these individual stops are uh, procedurally generated and they change every time is just like brilliant, right? Because you can't you can't say, Well, next time I go through I'm gonna do I'm gonna make sure I stop here and then Yeah, there's no planning. Everything. There's no planning, there's no there's no real theory crafting. It's really just flying by the seat of your fucking pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it does add to that, that, that tension Mm -hmm. that, um, Alicia keeps mentioning. It's like, Oh, but you know, am I going to, am I going to come across a spot where I can pick up sewing kits? Am I going to come across a spot where I can get more lumber, you know? And then you start thinking about rationing and resources. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, so yeah, so that was not Alicia's tension, but Bianca's tension. <laughs> Yay, Bianca and tension. Um But so I think that I, that really this whole and and this is a uh, part of Bianca's like second part of her question. So I'm gonna just mention it, and then she can ask it. But that whole it adds a realness to this kind of post apocalyptic um, space. Oh, I have right. a lot I want
2: to say about that. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, I, and, I, and see, she read it as okay. She read it as post post apocalyptic uh, slash post societal, and I've read it in many ways as post industrial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that too. Yeah, yeah and that's and so. Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, actually got the question. I'll jump in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, let's maybe. I mean, that's the question though. Like, is it? I think that's fascinating that you see it as post industrial, like that we can view it through all these different lenses, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what the in, what the intention was on on your all's end, Gwen. Is it meant to look post societal? Is it meant to look post industrial? And like what's what's the setting and tone that that, that you guys were thinking about and going
2: into? Y'all that? stuff is poisoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is
3: yeah. yeah. So there's an environmental Mm-hmm. sort of discussion going on Doom, right yeah. Doom. <laughs> So internally we uh, This is we after have... Trump
1: wins the presidency <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> go ahead win. I couldn't help it <laughs> that's, uh, that's a terrifying shot yeah. so is, If Trump wins and the worst that happens is the world is like uh, the flame and the flood I mean at <laughs> least we'll have good music you know? Yeah, But I'm going to die immediately because I'm going to drown. <laughs>
2: you
0: can get on
1: my raft, B. Okay, I'll take you. It's cool. It's thanks. worse ways to die than drowning. Drowning's a pretty... You know what? All things considered, of all the ways you can die in the game, yeah, you're it's... not crawling through the dirt. That's true. Oh, oh, God. My yeah. heart breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, oh, you asked me a question. I should probably get to that.
2: Yes, tell, uh, us. tell us this. all the secrets.
1: Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we were, internally we were going for post mm-hmm. Uh We were going for, we wanted a lot of mystery. We really did not want to give away the narrative too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and that maintains true to this day. So I'm not going to be like, here's the backstory of the game. That's I like it. We, we, we post- were going post mm-hmm. But I mean,
2: Scout herself probably wouldn't know a whole lot yeah, right. of the nuance of that. Because it looks like it didn't just happen.
0: You know, it's been a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, not that old.
3: And there's feral children. I mean, like that. yes,
0: there's feral yeah. children, and like the 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 buses and the other like clearly kind of industrialized structures are not only broken down but starting to disintegrate. So it's mm-hmm. been it's been yeah. a bit.
2: So now it's just mm-hmm. kind of what is, which is a nice way of navigating that space. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, and, and, and here's a question. We we had this, we were debating this before before we started the podcast. Because I swear I, I, I kept seeing wolves come out of the churches. Mm-hmm. And Alicia says that she just remembers them being around the churches. Maybe it's me reading stuff into the game that doesn't exist. What's up with the wolves in the churches? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say. So, um, we, I don't have an animation of the wolves jumping out of the churches. So, they do spawn, like, they will have a tendency to spawn behind churches and then run up uh, behind real times. Uh, so uh, I think that might be where the, the confusion's coming, because I, I do want to <laughs> spawn them somewhere where you don't uh, see them spawn, if they spawn. <laughs> so uh-huh. hidden behind a church. False
2: sense of security.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> rude. We did what talked early on about having random events, and an event that could happen is you'd like um, you'd go up and you'd inspect a door, and then a wolf would come out and eat you. But that felt like really mean.
4: Yeah, that would be mean. <laughs> it
1: would really make churches kind of shitty.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, because that was my feel. I was like, whoa, what are they saying about churches and religion now?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, wolves will spawn um, anytime there's something good on an island, like really good. Uh, if wolves are gonna spawn, they'll usually spawn near it. Aww. There's just a little mm-hmm. bit of logic in there to add some tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches, are, churches are a great place to to. You have to keep in mind the entire game's random. The river is random. The the shape of the islands and what's placed there is random. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if a church is what we call an A location, it's a it's a location with a really good thing. It gives you high quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. There, if there are wolves on an island, there's a pretty good chance they're going to spawn by the church. But, I mean, if there's a, um... What's another thing? Like, if there's a hardware store on the island, there's a pretty good chance the wolves will spawn near the hardware store, too. Okay. We're not specifically picking on churches. I swear. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: My I said it was, was a bad like... thing. I thought
0: it was pretty cool. Um, just just because. And I was like, wow, because, you know, you think of... because you, Once again, you're talking about this, this southern gothic and the way churches and religion often gets constructed in the southern gothic. And I was like, Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pr- I'm, I'm praying on people in need? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will say we went for that in our Kickstarter trailer. If you go back and you look at our story trailer, the wolves do come out of the church. Oh
2: <laughs> alright Sam, I concede to you you had it. Uh, uh, all right. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. I don't know whose question this was, but I want to ask it. I'm going to steal it.
0: (laughs) I think it's Ashley's. Go ahead.
2: No, if it's it's Ashley, I'm going to take it. But uh, I wrote about this, so I'm really interested in it.
1: I read that. That was a beautiful article. Thank you. Oh, thank
2: you. Good. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, shit gets real in this game like in a in a very harsh way. I talked about the sepsis and when you get weak, it's just like a crawling on the ground. But even just a broken leg, right? Like then yeah. you're limping and it's it's hard to watch. But the game doesn't have like a super realistic feel. Um the character design is not like hyper realistic. The backgrounds are really colorful and saturated. And, uh, so was that intentionally to kind of give you some distance from the misery of constant, permanent death?
1: Man, you sound like you're having a terrible time playing now.
2: <laughs> no, I, lo- I I love to suffer. <laughs> yeah, <I hope> so. <laughs> but there are some moments when I'm like, I gotta pause at the game and kind of like bite my knuckle and look away from it. I'm like, oh.
1: Oh, oh man, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you feel that way. In, in a twisted kind of way, I guess. I don't know. But um, so I. I'll say uh, I am personally not very interested in working on realistic-looking games. It's not as a gamer what I I usually play. I usually go for something more stylized. Um, So I... And you tend to uh, be drawn to work on the kind of games that you like to play. Um, So I, I don't think we ever really... I mean, you have to keep in mind, we had Scott Sinclair as the artist, right? Like, he's the art director on Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, and he's a a pretty um, well-known painter. Uh, And he's got this amazing, incredible aesthetic and art style. And to take somebody who's that talented and be like, yo, let's just, you know, make a house that looks like a house based on some (laughs) architectural drawing or something, and, you know, do a realistic game, I think, would have been a huge mistake. Uh, we we the art team really wanted to go for it and have a, a bright vibrant um interesting world i'll say um and and as a, an as an animator I prefer working with characters that are more um cartoony more interesting i I don't personally find cleaning up motion capture to be very fun I prefer working with uh something that has a, a bit of personality to it a character with a, a little bit more um visual interest, I guess.
2: We um, argued a lot about the inspiration for the art style. Like, Ashley said cartoony, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, no, it's look, it's so surreal. It's almost like Cubist, if you look at her face. So we were arguing back and forth, so yeah.
1: no please way. tell us. You should definitely check out uh, Scott Sinclair's work. It's it's entirely... This game is his art style, in a way. Um, and I, I've tried to describe it to other people, and I fail to. I'm like, it's kind of like Tim burton mm-hmm. but not. It's like... It, it's beautiful in a really oh. weird angular way. I'm looking mm-hmm.
2: at it right. Oh wow! Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So Ashley, I think I we were
2: both right.
3: That's fine. I can take that. <laughs> well, Ashley, you thought you, it reminded you of of Courage the Cowardly Dog, right? Well, yeah. And
4: but you know, my partner and I were talking about that cartoon and how it's kind of like a dark adult cartoon mm-hmm. and that artistic feel to it and how. Um, um, Flame in the Flood kind of mimics that, but then also we talked about Tim Burton as well, and so that's really interesting.
2: i um, looking at the stuff right now. Wow.
1: Yeah, I know he's a. I really like working with him. He doesn't um, advertise very much at all. Like he's not on Facebook or really on any social media. He's just like this ghost that exists and makes incredible art. And I like got. So lucky that I get to to work with Scott Sinclair. I love his artwork. It's like I said, I I moved from California to Boston to collaborate yeah. with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, on on Bioshock Infinite and on eventually on this. Uh, and I, I love animating his characters. Like I, they're so beautifully ugly. That yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I can
2: see Scout's face here in these mm-hmm.
1: paintings. Wow. They're
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah, he's he's a very talented artist. Um, so yeah, there there was no question that we would be going with his art style and not something super realistic. It's just mm-hmm. like uh, um, he's he's good. I feel like I should fill the airtime while you guys like Google his. <laughs> <for that. laughs> and we all went silent because we were all like we Whoa. were all googling it, right? Yes. All right, all right. For those of you listening at home, this is a great time to pull up your Google browser. We're gonna link it in the show
2: notes. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna link him. So yeah. Nope, no more secret. <laughs> no more hiding. But uh, we we had some other questions about the visuals. Who somebody was wanting to you know about the uh, who was that? Who Uh-oh. had the question about the
4: debris? Oh, the debris. Oh my partner <laughs> he wanted to know if it was intentional to make it look like dragons and then it looks like someone else thought it looked like dinosaurs. It is very it's very intimidating
1: <laughs> the debris in the water. It, like, is. Yeah. it feels like
4: somebody's it feels like gonna come out awesome. and attack
1: you. Yeah. yeah, it's like a cloud, everybody sees what they want to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: it was me, it was, it was I mean, and I was thinking dinosaurs too because it, and that was probably because I was feeling like it was post industrial. Mm. Uh you know you know
1: something that has has gone extinct um, I will not give away the story but they we did not intend to have dinosaur bones or dragons uh, <laughs> sorry I'm sorry that would be a really uh, cool game i might work on that game next <laughs> yes, yes, yes. we we demand that you
2: send us 1 american dollar
4: yes
1: <laughs> it's out of my price range <laughs> are you willing to take a percentage?
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. We are grad students. <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll take a beer,
0: really. <laughs>
2: it's got to be a good for one.
0: beer.
2: Cider,
4: cider, please.
2: But yeah, it is. I mean, the uh, the cars, the cars floating in the river seem like the most friendly, but they will mess you up. Oh, like yeah. the debris and the shadows sometimes of trees, like all. I'll veer around a shadow, and then I'm like, wait, it's a shadow. It was mm-hmm.
3: like, yes, it's mm-hmm. yeah. tricky. Yeah,
0: it's an amazing game. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, it's an amazing game. Be, it, and it was funny because, I, like I said, I kind of kind of peeped this game early on, and I was like, everybody has to play this game. It's like the most amazing game ever. I know. And then she she was like, Hey, Alicia. I got this game that you should probably play,
2: and I, had just, I just picked up like, the, uh, the Walking Dead Michonne, and I played that first, and that was a mistake because it was not very good. Um, oh, and then she was shame. like, hey, you need to play this other game. Um, it's a survival roguelike, and I was like, what? I'm like a gopher popping up out of a hole, like, you called my name.
1: It <laughs> oh, just broke my heart because I wanted to... Um, I got s- I've, I've been a little lukewarm on the Telltale games up until uh, Tales from Borderlands wasn't
0: that amazing
1: super into it like just thinking about it I can't stop smiling that game was so good <laughs> and now I not want to go back and play all the telltale. like maybe I maybe I was wrong maybe they no. were secretly incredible no and the walking the first season of
2: the walking it was you know pretty good the first season was the second good second season was
1: uh, but, but and
0: uh, you know people a lot of people really are really digging on like the game of thrones I never finished it because I I thought it, it was that hot garbage garbage yes yes um yeah. You waste my time. Um, da, 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 uh, Wolf Among Us was really good.
1: Mm. So I I get into started it. playing that. I, I should really go back and finish it. I started Game of Thrones. It's just like I play, uh, you know, my life, I'm not, I can't say my life is super stressful. I make games for a living. But, you know, like, <laughs> I run a small business. When I play games, I, I get a little stressed out. I play games to be happy. Mm-hmm. And like Yeah. So yeah I, that's not I've, the
2: franchise for you.
1: I know, and I've got like uh, this War of Mine on my machine, and I know it's a great game, and I'm gonna love it, and it's gonna be phenomenal. But I'm just like not. I want to be cheered up. I don't want like. That's not the game to play. (laughs) I bought this
2: War of Mine because it seems like such a brilliant idea, and it's so beautiful, and I want to support that. And I've never turned it on because I'm pretty sure that I'll spend the next six hours face down on my bed weeping.
0: I've been watching Ashley play when she's streaming it, I and it, it hurts my heart, man. I can't even. I can't even watch you, Ashley. <laughs> it's hard to play.
4: I think. I think a lot of my literature interests kind of intersect with my gaming interests because I was talking. I think it was Bianca that I was telling. Yeah. That I really like uh, war novels. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why, but mm-hmm. I I do. Um. But I like. I don't know. I like this war of mine because it it shows that other side of war that you don't see in games often. Mm-hmm. The actual realistic experiences of survivors and refugees. Yeah. yeah. And you're playing that other role where you're not just a sniper going off on a mission to destroy lives, but you're actually trying to save your own life yeah. or the life of others. But it's hard to play. It's
1: it's beautiful, and it's it like it's one of those things where, like when you you talked about books and we were about movies, like sometimes you want that movie that makes you think and that moves you, like you want mm-hmm. that really strong drama, but like. Most of the time, I just want a, you know, an action flick to turn off my brain at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for for your everyday gaming, and so this war of mine is like special. It's something I'm I'm mm-hmm. waiting for a, a day when I need, I'm gonna sit down. And I'm like I'm gonna have an emotional moment.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you will have an emotional moment. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You
2: said I, I bought it. I want. I'm glad it's out in the world. I want to support it. I want more games like it, but I just don't know. I'm really, I'm a big softie, don't tell anybody. And I cry at the tiniest thing.
1: Dude, mm-hmm. I will, um, what was the last game that made me, uh, the last Naughty Dog game, The Last of Us.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. Opening. That, that, one, yeah, yeah, that yeah. one hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I'm so not mad not about,
1: about that. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings
2: about that game. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I think it's highly overrated. I don't think it's a bad game, but I think it's highly overrated. But yeah, the opening is a
0: crusher. Yeah, that was just not fair. You should never start a game like that. You should <laughs> always start a game like
1: that. Right? <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, and I, I think it, it hit because I didn't expect it. Like, yeah, I played Heavy Rain, uh, and I'm not. I mean, obviously, you always expect amazing cinematic experiences from Naughty Dog, but um. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect to be like heartbroken immediately. Whereas with heavy rain or a game like that, it's like okay, the first thing they're gonna do is like, I don't know, they'll probably give me a dog and then kill the dog, or like some, you know, <laughs> fuck this. Mm-hmm. Like you go into it expecting. <laughs> or or I'll, you know what? To your point, actually, I will admit I bought that Dragon Cancer and will never play it. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. literally bought it to support mm-hmm. the team. I was like, I could. I'll eat tuna today instead of going out for lunch and I'll buy this game.
2: <laughs> I put myself on the mailing list for when it would come out because I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy that game. I can't even make myself go to the website. Mm. Mm-mm. It's, yeah. I, I, my, when a good friend of mine wrote a review of it and I kind of read it sort of with one eye closed and the other slitted <laughs> like, I'm going to try to see anything upsetting before it happens so I can stop. But I wanted to support my friend, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Mm mm. Mm-mm. See, I, and and for those of us with kids, I think it's even harder. Yeah, right. because yeah. there's no. I'm like, nope, not nope, not even gonna
1: look. No, at I mean that's hard. like
2: my my daily actual fear. How can I engage with that
1: in a game?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, with kids, it's interesting. Some things, the weirdest things, bother children. I mean, I yeah. don't have I don't have kids, so I can't like. It, it's just like mystery to me as a game developer. Some kids will just be like, "I'm gonna kill things and blow up everything, and it's all cartoony, <laughs> so it doesn't matter, because you know like the, the blood is green. Fuck it." And like, well, they don't say that. Like, <laughs> they might, but like, uh, if the wrong tone, like, "Dong," like, if there's a serious tone of music, like, yeah. it will start weeping, and I don't mm-hmm. understand, and it's like nothing's happening on the screen. It's just, it's just like a tone of music. Yeah.
0: You know, My, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say my kid is kind of very into aesthetics. Um mm-hmm. so she's very much like that. Like if I'm playing a game in another room and it won't even necessarily be like an inappropriate game for her because I I wait until she goes to bed to to play like M rated stuff. Um but if she even if, with music even um she'll she'll hear the music from another room um and if it is a certain tone that's like ominous um, she'll come out and she'll say, That's that's too scary. Can you turn that down or turn that off?
1: Yeah, kids are kids seem really in touch with uh like music makes them really emotional. Yeah. A way. I mean I guess mm-hmm. it does everybody, but I guess for kids it's amplified or something. I can't explain it. I don't mm-hmm. understand. It. I don't understand children. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that don't
2: make any sense. I was telling them earlier that my, my two year old kissed my teeth tonight. <laughs>
3: on purpose?
2: Yes. And then she said, "I'm kissing your teeth." <laughs> I was like, "Okay. That's what we're doing right now."
1: She respects good dental hygiene,
2: I guess. It was it was pretty fucking weird, but you know what? It's just some standard
0: shit with her.
4: Yeah. Oh, pickle.
0: Oh, pickle. All right. Well, that brings us to unless other people have more questions, Our last question, which is always a fun question, and that's where we ask you a question about questions we should have asked, apparently. Um, And in there you can also throw in what you guys are working on now. Um, So is there anything that you would like for us to know? Anything that we didn't ask that you wish we would have, should have, could have? Yeah, we got fixated on a couple of specific things.
1: It's all good. This is a good conversation. I'm really glad you guys had me. I really appreciate it. We're glad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, everybody is really happy today, then. <laughs> um, is there anything I wish you had asked? I don't know. I thought you brought up a lot of really good stuff. I, um. We're pretty smart. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's all those video games you play. They're really uh, sharpening your brain. No yeah. shit. Um, I think uh, I'll take this moment again to plug the game. Flame in the Flood is coming out, or sorry, is out on Xbox <laughs> One and PC, um, on Steam and on GOG. Uh, and it is a survival roguelike river journey. As for what we're working on next, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that there may or may not be a game in the uh, future. <laughs> Ooh. I, I will say that my company might make. A game. <laughs> oh. That is some
3: specific, riveting stuff right there. You guys, <laughs> I heard there's gonna be a game. Maybe.
1: Don't don't tell anybody. It's very. Oh, my bad. My bad. It's very in the D. L. There are no games. Honestly, we're talking in studio. This is we're in that really like. Early, on, early in development, when you're like, "Oh, let's make this!" Like, we're we're all over the place right now, so um, I can Especially because everybody in the studio likes different kinds of games. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely something we're uh, we're talking about. And you need uh, to recycle that squirrel. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my God!
1: First person squirrel. No. <gasps>
3: I yes. Will sure. mm-hmm. Squirrel with a backpack. Look, look, and Unravel. look at
2: how popular Unravel is. All you need is some kind of like really cute. Adorable gimmick for jumping around and doing stuff. So can mm-hmm. be squirrel.
1: You should take that and pitch that to a publisher. You'll be a millionaire by tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I gotta write some
2: papers.
1: <laughs> Somebody Guys. listening take that and run with it. Guys, let me tell you let me tell you how to make a million dollars in a video game. You uh what was this? You make a cute character and you have them jump around and uh, run around on stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah
2: I'm sure we could do that, like over you know summer break, guys. What are you guys doing?
4: Yeah, I thought you were gonna say spring break, and I was like, oh. Uh.
2: I can. Craft no, it. no, I'm booked for spring. I'm booked, but summer, you know. Yeah, I can cram. Only it. teaching, so.
1: You guys, <laughs> Are you, I? I didn't even ask. Are you guys? Um, it sounds like you're all in school for. Or I'm sorry. Excuse me. You're all, uh, going for literature degrees. No, we actually uh,
2: all do different things, oh, which okay. is kind of funny but we because we work together and and the three of us who are students are actually doing some interdisciplinary work together it's kind of neat
1: mm-hmm. um, i uh, i come
2: from a creative writing background but now i'm studying rhetoric and composition but i do a game studies focus mm-hmm. uh and then b oh my god I that's the same yeah
3: yeah
2: yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. that's what was what i said when I, I was like that's a thing you can do mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> oh my god I'm all like,
3: <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also have sort of a creative writing background, but um, right now I'm doing I'm not doing rhetoric and composition. I'm doing literary studies, mm-hmm. but also with a game studies focus. She's so. very
2: modest because she's breaking serious ground. I love talking about games yeah. as literature. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. That's, that's good. We need more. Um, I, I mean, games as a medium is still very young, and yeah. we don't. Have a lot of critics, or I'm sorry, we have a lot of critics, but it's more like uh, entertainment style critics. Not a yeah. lot of
3: like, uh... analysis.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
4: Cool.
3: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. And then
0: Ashley's doing something different. Even. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I have a literature background, but right now I'm getting my PhD in second language studies (ESL). Um, so teaching English as a second language with an emphasis on writing, and then. Looking at a way for games to be pedagogically used in
3: that kind of way. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Lots of different stuff going on. Yeah. But we are all sort of housed within the English department, I
2: guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just taking weird. different paths. <laughs>
3: cool. Wow, that's
1: awesome. Cool. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This is a great talk. Yeah, this is Thank super you. fun. I'm so glad you were here. And we
0: we really dig the game.
1: Yeah, yeah we do. Mm-hmm. Thanks, that means a lot.
0: And we're really anxious to see what, what does or doesn't
2: come.
1: So yeah, we're going to go ahead and
2: book you for... Uh, <laughs> can you kind of give us a
1: ballpark? <laughs> and not confirm nor deny that at some point in the future I might be involved in the making of a game.
2: Okay, well I followed you on Twitter, so I'm going to be ringing your bell
1: Ooh. if when
2: something happens, like, hey... Remember that time that we were like we swore a lot and we talked about Trump and
1: also rivers? We should come do that again. God, hopefully we're not still talking about Trump. Oh and god, hopefully not. <laughs>
3: any point in the future Trumping down the river. Oh, don't ruin it. <laughs> That's it. Our sales tank.
2: <laughs> There's going to be an update tomorrow. They've removed the river, actually.
3: <laughs> and now you're sledding.
2: Anything else
3: so that they can reuse some of the animations? Mm-hmm.
2: Good job,
4: B.
3: Yeah, sorry. It's, it's my job today. I'm the ruiner, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ruiner of things.
3: Yep. I'm drinking tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's
4: wrong with tea?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But apparently, it's making Bianca a little rowdy over there. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Half an eight and a ten. All right. All right. Um, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Dot dot dot, dot 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 dot. That brings us to the end of episode one hundred and twenty-three, where we've had this amazing conversation with Grant, with Gwen Fry. Um, and we really, really want to say thanks for coming on and talking to us about your amazing game. That game again is the Flame and the Flood. It's available on PC and Xbox One. Yes. Uh, so you should definitely grab a copy, if not two. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you stop uh listening to this podcast. But make sure you join us for episode one hundred and twenty four where we promise to have something um fun, interesting, and informative to talk about. Maybe. I'll get a new Maybe, beer, Maybe. We will neither confirm nor deny your that case. So until next time, stay warm, stay dry, and as always, my friends, game on,
4: game on. Game on.